0: Good morning, and welcome to our Christmas party edition of the Public Affairs Program. I'm Jay Zimmer in the newsroom with stories, ideas, and music.
1: ...is to help keep people living independently and with dignity in a setting of their choice. Each one of us is the oldest we've ever been, and before you go to sleep tonight, think of this. It's the youngest we'll ever be again. If we're fortunate, we're all going to wake up tomorrow a day older. Is someone there to help you navigate this journey? Well, SWERCA is there for everyone. In fact, it is going to take an all-in response to embrace the health and well-being of the growing older population. In the coming years, seniors will be the largest age demographic in the United States for the first time ever. Here at home, our numbers are expected to double over the next couple of years. Right now, we're at 61,000 plus seniors in our community, and of that, 53% of them turned to Swerka for services this year alone. So how exactly do we help? I wanna share with you a couple stories of my favorite seniors. So if you know Swerka, the heart of us is our activity center and that's where we offer daily recreational, educational, and wellness activities. One of our members, Midge, is always the life of every event we have. She is engaged, exercises with us daily, and still actively participates at 96 years old. She's been coming to our center for the past 32 years, and she swears it's what keeps her young and still glowing every day. Our nutrition program is where it all started and is still going strong after 50 years. Our Meals on Wheels program serves almost 160,000 people a year through 19 lunch sites and 9 home-delivered meal routes. Our largest meal site is located at Swerka with an average of attendance of about 100 people a day. My favorite participant is Vivian who just celebrated her 100th birthday with us. She still regularly volunteers with us, and after 37 years of volunteering, says she owes it all to us for being there for her on a daily basis. Our care management department supports individuals in each of their unique journeys. We carry an active caseload of a little over 15,000 people. We help them navigate the complex world of in-home services or long-term care coordination. David joined our board after seeing the positive benefits we provided to his mom. He states that without Swerka services, his mom would have been placed in a nursing home six years ago. Instead, she is at home still celebrating milestones and making cherished memories with her family. Our Aging and Disability Resource Center is there to help navigate the intricacies of obtaining government services community resources, and also offer options on long-term care. My favorite success story is about Margaret. Her family called after visiting her during Christmas last year. They noticed her failing health. She had been falling and not taking her medications regularly. After meeting with option counselors, a person-centered plan was developed for her and help was provided. She now exercises in her activity center three times a week Has reduced her medications from eight to two pills a day and feels more confident living at home by herself. Swerka has thousands of more stories similar to the ones I just shared, but they all tell of how important Swerka services are to them. Thank you for supporting our mission and allowing us to serve more people, giving them the opportunity to spend another Christmas at home with their families. Thank you guys.
2: Thank you, Rhonda. Rotarians and guests, please show your support for these efforts that continue to benefit so many in our community by giving As we pass the basket for Swerka. Carrie is walking around with the basket. So we're gonna play Christmas bingo and the directions are um, Santa down here is gonna pull a song out of that Santa hat and give it to Monty. And Monty's gonna play it. And Monty's so talented that he has all of these, like he can play any of these songs by heart. They're all Christmas songs. So he will play about 45 seconds of each one. So you mark, so you have to figure out what song it is and then mark it on your bingo card. And then once you get a bingo, then you can bingo, and I'll go around and call it out, and they'll tell me if if you were right or not. So um, so let's get started. Oh, and a bingo is a five. It's gonna be like straight across. It's normal bingos, no like postage marks or anything. Just diagonals or um, horizontal or vertical. So. Or the 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 cross too. So.
3: Ready for the first one? Yes. <laughs>
1: Guys want to play again yeah. okay let's do it one more time now everybody's warmed up right let's just go ahead and keep going and then the next one to get a bingo we'll have two winners you want to do two more okay let's do two more we'll keep it going False alarm. (laughs) It's okay. I've done that. Okay, we're still going on number
3: five.
2: (laughs) Thank you all for playing the Christmas edition of Songo. So. Um, also, another thank you to Monty. We have a couple more announcements. <laughs> Yay! We have a few more announcements and a short presentation, and then we'll have Monty maybe lead us out at the very end with one uh, one very festive Christmas song. Yeah. Um. Yes. Just a second. Yeah. Um, So, Santa, if you'd like to come up and say a few words to us.
0: I just wanted to tell everyone what it's like to be Santa all year long because I never shave it off. And so every place I go, I see little kids and we have a good time, but what it means to be Santa is... Several years ago, I was at a caving convention in Rockville, Tennessee. And I came down for breakfast at the hotel and there was a young boy and his grandparents sitting there and he jumped up and ran over and hugged me. I had my, I didn't have my Santa suit on, but I did have a red shirt and red shorts, which is what I usually do. And I saw his grandmother say, he doesn't do that. And he started talking to me. And we had a really nice conversation. We, I walked over and I sat at their table and she said, he had lost half his brain as a, when he was born. And so he was autistic and he didn't speak to people. And he spoke to me for three days, solid. We had the most fun. Every morning for breakfast, we met for breakfast. And on the third day, And he kept asking me, well, is everything you have red? I said, well, just about everything. Do you have red this? Yeah. Do you have red that? Yeah. Do you have red swimming trunks? No, I don't have any red swimming trunks. hadn't found any. Well, the third day, he had a package for me. They went out and found a pair of red swimming trunks. (laughs) And a little yellow rubber ducky. (laughs) And I said, I'll tell you what. I will wear those swimming trunks and my rubber ducky will go on, my, on the dash of my fishing boat. And if you ever get to Kentucky Lake, I will be glad to take you all fishing. This was three years ago. And every Christmas we talk on the phone. He calls me or I call him and report on how good he's doing and, and he's, he's doing wonderful now. He's come out of his shell and, and he talks to everybody. So. I just wanted to share that is why I like to be Santa Claus. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Santa, for sharing that. It's great to see that the magic of Christmas is still alive and you're keeping the Christmas spirit for all of our children. If you are free this Saturday, I encourage you to spend an hour to ring the bell for Salvation Army. It's from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., so you can just sign up for one hour. Jack Butram has um, graciously went ahead and signed up for the first slot to encourage everyone else to as well. The bell, apron, and kettle will all be set out ahead of time. It's a huge help to the Salvation Army and having volunteers ringing um, can encourage up to $70 an hour in donations at the kettle. I also want to thank all of you for your donation to SWERCA. We will be writing a check for $600 to them. And um, so thank you for your generous donations. Uh, Malcolm Cano Um, Flores, he he is Scott Fenneman's mentee from the UE Connect program from 10 years ago and he is here to visit us and tell us about his experience um, as an international mentee here.
4: all right good afternoon to all of you guys good good afternoon so um, thank you so much for that kind introduction thank you so much for giving me time to talk to you guys this afternoon so um, as they mentioned as Carrie mentioned I was actually um, an international mentee here at Evansville Rotary Club way back in 2011 and 2012 okay and um, The way I introduce myself in the past 10 years, I've been, I graduated, obviously, (laughs) and now I'm back here to do my graduate degree uh, in the US, is this. Hi, my name is Malcolm C. Flores. I'm a development and finance professional by training, but I'm a development worker and public diplomacy professional by practice. And that simple phrase that I used to introduce myself. I would like to believe Ashley came to be because of my experience here at the Rotary International here in Evansville, okay? You see, um, way back in 2011, it's okay, <laughs> so you can see the photo there of me and Scott um, and Jackie, his wonderful wife, I met in 2011, and you could see I was a college student then because I had a pretty bad haircut. We were. We were saving up our money for a good for our haircuts back then, yeah. um, and back then uh, the reason that, that I, let me go back to that introduction again. I'm a development, uh, I'm a business and finance professional by practice, but I'm a development worker in public diplomacy by by uh, by practice. I mean, because when I went here, I was gang hoed to have a career on finance and business, and when I met Scott, it was actually a blessing for me while I was here in Evansville because meeting Scott I was able to see a lot of our businesses here in Evansville I got introduced to quick copy solutions where she was running at that time I was able to get an internship at Raymond James Financial Associates during my time here at, as an exchange student and he toured me all around the developments here in the downtown Evansville which when I returned 10 years after, right now, is blossoming. Um, it's blossoming. So great work on that. But one of the things that Scott did to me was had a very profound impact, and it's this, this. And it's in the spirit of Christmas season, I, I think this is a very important contribution that the Rotary International has provided me. He introduced me to um, a United Methodist Church who did community work and um, volunteer work every Sunday and when I went there I, I started um, going around with a group of volunteers from the United Methodist Church and we go every Sunday cleaning up backyards of elderly men Sorka? Yes? <laughs> um, so we've, we've been uh, cleaning up and then in one of the church service there in the, in, in the United Methodist Church there there was one bulletin board that said um, that struck me that remember to always be your brother's keeper you remember to be always be your sister's keeper and I saw that best happening here in Evansville every time I did community work I saw communities coming together and making sure that everybody feel belonged and and, and I realized that when people small group of people even from diverse backgrounds even from uh, even having a Filipino guy from somewhere unknown in the Philippines Contributing this one great stuff happens and I've seen like uh, and, and, and I've seen um Scott uh, introduced me to some of these villages here in Evansville um, and, and off Evansville like you know they, they created their sanitation systems just because their communities come together Contributed a little money a little bit of time and a little bit of effort to create those sanitation systems and guess what when I returned to the Philippines I found my city ravaged by a typhoon 1000 people were killed in my city thousands more were displaced and when when I went there feeling blessed for having this exchange opportunity here in the US I went to work in the community's uh, relocation site Um, I found out that this relocation site with 500 families have more than 200 youth members in that community all coming from different communities and when you have the youth with different backgrounds they tend to clash apparently and they were st- started to create gangs with one another so with that idea that we have in mind here we, I started a community program there it started with 12 volunteers expanded to 30 volunteers asked for sponsors and we developed this youth program there at first it was just a, a little luncheon that what you guys do here getting together get to know what their dreams are and hopes are and suddenly we started a a tutorial program for uh, them to go to college and then later on we got um, a program for them to um, basically be able to create projects on their own guess what that organization that those group of youth leaders right now some of them graduated college some of them are engineers now some of them uh, and that organization that we that youth group that we've established is still there functioning working in that, in that neighborhood. And so with that in mind, I fell in love with community work already. I had a business degree back then. I had a finance degree. I could have a lot of, a, a lot of money. But then, much to the dismay of my parents, I went into community organizing. <laughs> and so I could remember this phone call one time. I, came, my parents knew that I was reviewing for the CPA, the, the, the accounting um, licensure exam. And then one day I called my parents, like, hey mom, how how are you doing? Good. I said, guess what, I found a job. And they said, great, are you reviewing for the CPA board? I told them, like, yeah, but I I think I like this one. And guess where I am? I'm in the southern part of Mindanao, a conflict-affected area where ISIS and a lot of the terrorist organizations were actually operating. So imagine the horrors that they've had. And what I did there was, Create, um, introduce, in these areas there's a lot less opportunity for uh, young leaders to go to school but there are teachers so very under resourced and so what we did I work with an NGO to um, introduce um, some of these technologies that could help um, you the, the, the youth there to access mat- uh, educational materials <laughs> and guess what I found out in there in that area with a little money and a little bit of effort and a little bit of um, a group of dedicated people, these group of teachers are able to sustain themselves over time, and they were able to expand um, their impact to a lot of um, the youth that they've had. I've met folks actually that turned out to be apparently members of terrorist groups, and they realize that they're not different from us. they just want they did they, they join these groups not for the sake of like um, ideology, not for the sake. Of like religious reasons, but just for economic reasons, because apparently joining that one has pay. They get to uh, money from kidnapping and all that stuff. And have they been given education and all those opportunity? They get to actually go shun away from all those activities. But what? what I, I, so I've done all these like in now, So that, that, that's why you have military officers there, always with us, um, and. Overall, we trained 400 teachers in this. Um, in, in this, uh, ex, um, and I, I'm glad to report that some of those teachers continue on teaching even in the with under low resource, with a lot with all the hardship and all the conflict around them. Um, and then, with all these initiatives we've started, I actually ended up being one of um, in that program launched by President Barack Obama in 2014, it's called the Young Southeast Asian Leaders Initiative. So it's a, a youth leaders program for um, outstanding youth in different countries in Southeast Asia. And we got to meet him right here. Um, unfortunately, I don't get to have a selfie with him. Otherwise, Secret Service will tackle me. And, um, but, but at least we get to meet him. And one of the things that, that came out of this, with all the work that I did in um, in the southern part of Mindanao, is one day, um, there was the State Department had um, was hiring a person who would like to um, create a, a pro- development program for the southern southern the Philippines. So our, I got hired eventually for the State Department, and my job was to identify um, groups of or populations in south of Mindanao that was vulnerable to ISIS um, recruitment, and instead of uh, instead of um, try to dissuade them to join the movement by providing them development programs. And well and behold, one thing that I've learned is that the same principle that we've had here at Evansville um, was the same, the same thing that, um, that I found out to be effective there. So one of the things that uh, a lot of young people there um, lack is still education. There's lack of materials and lack of um, teacher training so what we did was we develop um, a a, a program for teachers there so basically to use some readily available materials that the State Department has already been offering for developing countries and what we what we said is that if you group yourselves into at least 5 to 30 teachers organize a training amongst yourselves and um, we'll provide you all these access to these materials and they'll provide you a certificate from the State Department that you've gone through this um, exchange, um, this training program. The, the luck that we had was that the, 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 anything that the certificate that the State Department is offering in the Philippines apparently was a plus points for their promotion. Uh, and so from that, we started with 30 teachers. And f- from that program, we had 12,000 teachers trained all over conflict-affected areas in Mindanao. Reaching about three hundred thousand students all over the island, and guess what the funding is sixty thousand dollars. For that amount, we said we had the same principle with some of the the the, the neighborhoods. So we're just um, so these are some of the areas right here. Um, this is also from South Mindanao. This is an, an 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 island, one of the islands that was um, vulnerable to extremism, and th- this group, this group didn't have livelihoods in that area, but we they know how to farm, and they know how to, they they have the seeds, and they got the, um they, they got the the manpower, they just don't have the know-how, and so we provide them training and ask them like if you group yourselves into some small cooperatives. And then go out, um, we'll provide you a training, but you need to teach other people. And guess what? That small power of community still work. And now we have all these farms of hopes happening right now. So why am I talking to you guys in all this one? I'm going to wrap up. <laughs> um, so I'm, I've come here to the, to the, to back to the US to do my graduate degree on public policy at the University of Chicago. I was lucky enough to um, have this experience But I just want to be able to to say, uh, come back here to say thank you for all the the things that you've done. In the spirit of Christmas, you've showed me and a lot of our international mentees how being a a brother's keeper or a sister's keeper can make a lot of impact. And guess what? This one person, once a skinny kid who came here to Evansville, has created impact, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. Halfway across the globe just because you showed how much you care to one particular international student And so I just want to say thank you so much for showing us the the gift of being a brother's keeper And sister's keeper showing us that we belong in this community for at the time that we are here because definitely all those love and feel of belonging that you have showed us we've always, like shared, always across the globe. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much, Mac. You've made such an impact in this world, and look how young you are. So uh, we will be getting more international mentees at the next semester if anybody would like to be a mentor even further. And i just like to wish everybody, um, you know, thank you and, and have a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas.
0: Thank you for joining us for our weekly program. We hope to continue it in the coming year. I'm Jay Zimmer. From all of us at Midwest Communications Evansville, have a blessed Christmas and a terrific New Year.